you got to keep the big picture that, hey, we're changing the world. We're changing the world. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse to their industry. Pulse Welcome to, their to industry. Electric People. We have Dave Madsen on the show. Check out Tim Ballard. Jeff Curl. Sheckler. Kenzie Watts. The League presents Electric People. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electric People. Joined with Ty and our special guest, Amadou Kohn. He is a manager in our DC North office and uh, one of the most likable, uh, just good all-around dudes you're ever going to meet, Ty. So there's never a time that you can be around Amadou and not smile. So he is is, uh, (laughs) one of the happiest guys you'll ever meet. And I'm excited to get into your story. Um, But Amadou's been with us for how long now? Since 2019. So 2019, about a year and a half, I guess, about 18 months. Yes. Um, was promoted to be a district manager for us this past summer. So um, what month was it? It was in April. April. Oh, so in the yeah. springtime. In spring. Um, always been one of our top performing DMs in the Maryland market. Uh, they sell primarily loan down there mm-hmm. and averages 15 to you know, about 15 installs a quarter on average, 15 to 20 yes. installs. And um, just brings a ton of great energy to the office and really sets the bar as far as what's possible in a you know, nearly all loan market. So, um, Amadou, man, good to have you on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the intro. That was nice. Thank you. Of course, man. So, as you can tell, Amadou has a strong accent. Uh, he grew up in West Africa in a country yeah. called Mali, Mali yeah. which we just learned is about the size of Texas. Yeah. It's a huge country. Uh, huge I'm learning com- all about Mali. I wonder if I'd fit in there. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, you, you will fit in. It's pretty nice country. Very welcoming. Um, pretty much is really nice. You should visit. <laughs> I'd love that. So, have you heard the story of how David Bywater and Amadou have their connection? So, I'll let Amadou basically tell it. But David Bywater, um, for those of you guys listening, most of you guys know this, our former CEO at Vivint Solar and now on the board of directors with Sunrun. But um, he, uh, I heard this story about how Amadou and David have this connection and it's pretty mind-blowing so maybe we should start there and kind of tell us how this connection that you have yeah so in 2007 I met David water David by water in Mali because my uncle was living in Utah and went to school went to college in Utah in Salt Lake City and was able to connect with David by water there and brought a lot of students from Utah University and they came to Mali and my uncle literally called me and said, hey, I need someone to help me because I have visitors from Mali, from Utah and can you make some Malian tea for them? And <laughs> I came in, was making tea and I met a lot of students from Utah University. They were basketball players. And I was really excited because I played basketball in Mali. So I was able to connect with a lot of people from Utah. I was really excited. Some of them even gave me a sneaker. Really? <laughs> yeah. What did they come down to do? What were they in Mali for? So they went there just to visit because Mali is very well known for their um, tourism. Mm. And it's one of the historical places in the West Africa. Is, and they have a lot of places to visit. 
and they were just doing a lot of donation and helping poor areas with medical help, which was really inspiring because having people like that in West Africa helping people for free, which was awesome. Hmm. Yeah. So how did you make this connection with Dave? You, you start working for us 2019. Yeah. You see that he's our CEO. Yes. And did you go talk to him and like tell him the story and how did he react? So he came to a conference in DC North, Legion Conference, and Alejandro, one of my co-manager, David Bywater, introduced me to him. And he said, oh, this is Amadou. He's one of the top working hard dude in our office. And he said, where are you from? I said, I'm from Mali. And he said, I was in the Mali. I said, you were in the Mali? I was like, did you came to Mali with my uncle, Ye Samake? He said, yes. You, you, wait a minute. <laughs> you didn't know that? I thought that would be like how you like got the job here. You literally like, so David comes to, to your town. Maryland. And yeah. then you happen to be working for the company later. And then you just yes. happen to know that David runs that company. And I didn't know. I didn't have no how idea. How in the world is that yeah. possible? That's crazy. Yes. He was like, wow. I'm like, wow. And I was talking to him. I was like, I was the one making the tea. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, wow. Dude, wow. that's crazy. Yeah. So how did you start working for us? Because you were, you were living in Mali in 2017, you said. In 2007. Oh, seven. Yeah, yeah okay. I came to America in 2010. Oh, my gosh. So it had been like 12 years since you. Yeah, so yeah. He, he was in wow. Mali 2007. Yeah. How old were you then when so you were making I, the tea? I was made, I was about, I think, 18, coming out to 19. Okay. Yeah. So he's okay. in Mali, minding his own business. <laughs> yes. He's called in by the his uncle or whoever to yeah. come make tea for the boys that are there on a trip. And uh, Bywater <laughs> happens to be amongst the group. Yeah. Years later, 13 years later, Bywater's at a conference speaking as our CEO. Yeah. Introduces from Mali. They start talking. Next thing you know... We Amadou had made already. Bywater's tea 13 years ago in Mali, West Africa. That yes. is so crazy. Pretty crazy, right? Yeah. So you, so you end up coming to the States. My understanding is you came to play basketball. Yes. So you, were, you, were you playing professionally over there or in college? Or were you, what were you? Yeah, so I played in my country <coughs> national team. I played in college there, played national team, traveled a few countries in Africa, and... I decided to come to America because I thought I was so great that I was going to come in and go play in the NBA. Get to the NBA. Yeah. And literally play some college ball here with triple BCC, mm -hmm. which stands for Baltimore City Community College, and play a little bit there and didn't make it so far because there was like, oh, you need to go to ESL program because I didn't speak English. <laughs> You just thought you were going to come over and play a little ball in college. Yeah. Next yeah. thing you know, I'll be in the NBA. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, 100%. I got to do school? Yeah. <laughs> what, what language do they speak in Mali? So they speak mostly French. Oh, really? Yeah, French. And every tribe has their own language. And because it's a Muslim country as well, we speak Arabic as well. How many languages? Yeah. Sorry. Same so question. We, we speak about over 120 languages. What? Yes. Yeah. How many do you speak? I speak about seven. Really? Oh. So let's go. You got English? English, Bamara, Senufo, 
Arabic, Russian, um, Fula, and I speak a little bit Russian too. But do you speak French? Yes, French. Is French primarily what you speak there or what? Yes, primarily. That's your native tongue. Yep. And you just throw some Russian in there. Yeah, so I study Russian as my secondary language. Oh, really? When I was back home. Because it was special, like no no one was taking that class. Oh, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I like Russian movies. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I need to go to visit Russia. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so you you came to the United States in what year again? 2010. And you didn't speak any English? No. All I could speak, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. Um, yeah. I'm hungry, you come thirsty. by yourself or with family? or I came by myself. How did you get, how did you, what's the process? So the process was I contacted the school and I had one of cousin that was living in Baltimore before and he connected me to that school, say, hey, this guy played basketball, he's good. He played in the national team. Um, he wanted to come to college here and they give me a visa mm. and I came in and pretty much it, it was delayed picking me up in the airport. Came John Kennedy in New York, literally slept outside waiting for him because he didn't show. Is <laughs> your cousin? Yeah, it was my cousin. So pretty much it's like, and then my brother came out. Just outside the airport? Yeah. You slept so, on a bench or something? Yeah, so no, a taxi cab. What time of year was it? It was really cold, November 28th. Jeez. Like my wife and I, we still celebrate that day because that's when he came to America and he was crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So what were you thinking? Were you thinking that he just wasn't going to show up or that you were just going to have to like live on the bench or what? Yeah, because I was confused. Like I didn't have my phone with me too. Yeah. It was a different culture. It was different, like life changing. It was like show up. I thought he was going to be there. And my brother came about the next day, picked me up from one of other connections that I had in New York, a taxi cab. I connect with a taxi cab. He was picking up people from John Kennedy. I was like, hey, I'm from Africa. And which country are you from? So we kind of managed. He was like, I know some people from Mali. I can connect you to some people from Mali. So, and take me there. And then my family take me from there. And you're 21 at this point. Yeah, 21. <laughs> That's crazy. It's a little different. A little different than my yeah. 21, 21st birthday. Yeah. Jeez, man. <laughs> so you had family in New York, though. Is that what you said? Yeah, so now really family is like same country type. Oh, so you didn't know him at all? <laughs> no. This taxi cab driver just kind of helped you out? Yeah, he helped me out. Where's your cousin now? Did he ever show up? He, he showed up a few days later and... Forget that guy. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> Were you mad at him? So I wasn't mad at him in the beginning because I was like, man, I wish I would have known better. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't he pick on. you up? Why, why was he late? Because he's like, he just forget. He was probably. just flaky? Yeah. It was that type of cousin. Oh, I forgot. My cousin's coming to America for the first time ever. And I just ever, didn't go get him. Yeah, I didn't Landed at the airport, and I'm sure I'll be fine. So this taxi cab driver hooked you up with some people that are from Mali, mm -hmm. and now they're your friends slash family. They just kind of took you in, or what? Yeah, so pretty much they take me in for the night and fed me foods and 
got to take showers, and then was able to make some few call for my family, and then they came and get me in the next day. Mm. Yeah. Your cousin? Yeah, my cousin. Was the family like, what are you doing, dude? And he had a lot, because he was not really situated in America, because, like, my guys coming from Mali, because Mali is one of the poorest country in in the world, like third world countries. Mm. And a lot of those guys come to America for better opportunity and look for jobs. So, well, I didn't blame him because maybe he was not situated. I was like, yeah. mm-hmm. forget it. <laughs> well, describe life in Mali growing up. I mean, what, what a, I mean, I just don't even want to even speculate what it was like. So did you grow up in a more well-to-do family? Did you grow up in, in a, like a poor family? Like what was your growing up like? So I grew up in like not really rich family. My father was a, a big military person, like a general was in the Malian, used to work for the president, like third person for the president mm. of, the, of Mali. And my mom was a medical nurse and we didn't have a lot of money, but we always had like foods and clean clothes. Right. And had a chance to go to best schools out there. Got it. So. What's, the, what's a typical person growing up in Mali? Are they growing up, what, what, is, what are their circumstances like? So it's tough because like, if you're making about 10,000 a month, you are wealthy. Because $2,000 in the U.S. is a million dollars in Mali. Mm. So, and everybody that make, like, so is really poor growing up in Mali. is like, you only have two options. You go to school, work for a family business, or pretty much you don't have no job because you have to have a connection. Like, I'm family with you. If you know some IRA people in the government or businesses, you can connect me too. But if I don't have anybody like that, I it's won't have any chance. Yeah. So you have like really rich people and then like really poor people. Is that kind of how it is? Hundred percent. Mm. It's yeah. tough. It's tough. No matter how educated you get, you don't have no family IRA. You're not gonna make it. Mm. Still have family over there. I still have my dad and my mom there. And literally my dad just visited last year. He was very sick. And because of solar, I was able to financially help him get his medical treatment. Mm. Solar really helps and changed my life. It's, it's the best thing that happened to me. Yeah. So you, so you came in, you, got, you met up with your cousin finally, and then you started going to school in Baltimore. Yes. And like working at the same time or something? Or at the same time, so... I was working in school because uh, I came as an F1 visa, which stands for a student visa. Mm-hmm. And I started delivering pizza and was delivering pizza and go to college. And because my college was like, hey, you know, you have to pay for your college. And my father wanted me to come back if he paid for my college. I was like, no, I'm not going back because I want to play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of dreams, and it didn't want to help. So I had to go to work. 
start delivering pizza. So he stopped paying because he stopped you said paying. you weren't going to come home. Yes. Because I told him I wasn't going to come home. Yeah, that's f- crazy to be like in a new country, only speaking the language for a couple months, yes. and then just having to make it on your own. Yeah, so my father was the type of person in the military. He was that army dad. <laughs> his way, and... yeah, his way or nobody way. So, and pretty much I was like, no. And I went and delivered pizza. And that's what I was doing. That was my main job for some time. And then later on, walking to, um, met my wife through delivering pizza. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so I, I was going to ask this. There's a little bit of a, this is a pizza delivery success story time. It sounds okay. like it. We got it's a pizza delivery success, success story. So, <laughs> uh, and anything Amadou does, I've learned, he does it full speed. So, I mean, my guess is he was the best pizza delivery guy. Probably, <laughs> what, what company were you doing delivering for? Pizza Bolis. Pizza Bolis. Pizza Bolis. <laughs> pizza Bolis. <laughs> yeah. All right, so shout out to Pizza Bolis for giving, giving you a shot. So, uh, you meet your wife. She orders a pizza, you deliver it. Uh, walk us through like this, you know, how you met your wife and like how that all went down. Like, did you make the first move? Did she say something? Like, what happened? Yeah, so I did make the first move because she ordered a pizza and picked it up. And because the store that I was working at Pizza Bolis, it was straight Muslim people all over the place there. Mm. And where, wait, where was this at? Where was this? It was, was in Baltimore. Baltimore, okay. Near John Hopkins University. Okay, right near it John Hopkins. It was walking distance, yeah. Got it. And she she came with a Volkswagen Beetle, <laughs> like Beetle little green Beetles. Yep. <laughs> and she got out, She it was a little bit of raining, and she had her hoodies on. I told her she was Muslim first. And I said, Assalamu alaikum. And she said, Assalamu alaikum back and take her hoodies off. I'm like, oh, sorry, Tori, you were Muslim. <laughs> she said, no. I said, how did you know about Assalamu alaikum and stuff? She was like, well, I went to college and I have a lot of Muslim friends as well. I said, oh, well. And she had a big smile on. Maybe she did start a little bit too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I pick on there and I start chatting with her and say, can I have the number? And she gave me a number. We stayed in touch. And pretty much she she was coming from Pennsylvania too, mm-hmm. moving back to Baltimore. And we got to connect. And eventually you decided to propose. With tell, a pizza. Yeah, tell us about the proposal. <laughs> tell us about tell us about the proposal. Yeah, so I call her and I say, hey, can I meet you? She said, okay, sure. And I came in, I made a special pizza for her, a heart size, like I made it myself. A heart-shaped pizza. Heart-shaped How long pizza. were you dating? <laughs> so we did it for like two years. Okay. And so, and made a pizza for her and go down my knees and say, hey, I know I don't have a lot of money, I don't have nothing, but all I, all I have is a love for you. I love you and um, I want to marry you. She was like, "Yes." And you showed her that pizza. Did yeah. she say, "Well, I ordered pepperoni, not plain cheese"? <laughs> yeah, no. She <laughs> said, <laughs> "I knew she liked cheese pizza." <laughs> plain yeah. cheese, got it. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome, so, man. Fast forward, you're you're now 
doing really, really well with solar sales. Well, how'd you get into solar first? Like, yeah. How did that happen? Yeah, so I was working with Trinity Solar. Mm-hmm. And I, before then, I was doing water restoration sales. And I met Chase. And Chase, he doesn't work with Vivid anymore. And we both were working at Trinity. And he said, hey, let's go talk to Vivian and find out what did they have. And I came in for an interview. Rantol was there, was going over the pet structures, was way much better. <laughs> and I was like, where do I sign? <laughs> so you recognized that. He was, uh, I think you were, you were a setter at Trinity, right? No, I was a closer. Oh, you were? You were closer? Yeah, well, I was a direct sale with Trinity. Got it. Yeah, and I was their top salesman until I was crushing it. Literally won a competition there and then move on with Vivian because it was numbers really, Vivian numbers didn't yeah. <laughs> didn't lie. It was, it makes sense. You won a competition and you just mic dropped. Just mic came right on over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Note to self, if he ever wins a competition. <laughs> Keep your eye on I'm going to be keeping my eye on Amadou. <laughs> so was it, how was it going from like delivering pizza and proposing with like pretty humble beginnings yeah. to winning contests in the solar industry? Because you go from like no money to like, a fair yeah. amount of money pretty fast yeah pretty fast like home um, he is he, like he amazed a lot of people is like my life story is so much involved yeah from delivery pizza i was working for verizon b2b in virginia and was living in baltimore commuting to virginia every day b2b selling corporates and business owner on verizon services and their phone line and was crushing that and literally had to quit that job because my wife got pregnant and got sick and my commute was too long. I quit that job so I can help her um, take it out of the kid when she literally delivered the baby. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of looking for some job close by. Got it. Yep. So what was, what was hard about starting in solar? Door to door, I mean, that's a that's the rawest of the raw kind of sales jobs. Yeah, it's also where the most opportunity is. Yeah. So when I came to Solo, I had a little bit of background doing door to door because I used to work for Scott Lawn Service, which is like True Green on bottom. He's a lawn care provider. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, I used to go knock people door and talk to them. Hey, let me be your lawn guy. I can literally make this lawn looking like a football field. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that in the summer or two, and I literally just recruited a guy from True Green, the top salesman from True Green, because I used to work with him, Idris. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. He's doing awesome. Yeah, I've seen him on the, on the rankings. Yeah, and solar is literally something that I really see, like, and Cape Commission all this roof that don't have solar, I can sell them solar. And it's like, it just motivated me every day to get out there and crush it. Well, now you're you're doing 15 to 20 installs a quarter and running a team. Yeah. So how's life now? Life is, is great and getting better. <laughs> this is like everything with us right now, we growing, money is great. My family love me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can ask for, man. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. Because when I was coming to it, 
um, I had some friends and family member was like, hey man, you need to go do a real job. You're gonna do 100% commissions. <laughs> I said, yeah. And literally making money, I'm helping them. It's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is life changing. Was it was it hard to get started in selling to like overcome the fact that you hadn't done it before and this is your second language? Well, it's like your sixth or seventh language actually. Yeah. Like was that hard? So it, it was hard in the beginning managing um, the the new aspect of it. And I have a lot of great leaders that was helping me through um, like uh, Rantal, mm-hmm. Jake Cook, Alejandro, Mike McQuaid, Keith, and those guys, they were the great leaders and came in to Vivian and they all took me out, showed me the, the, the process at Vivian and all I did was copy and paste. And my, my process was much easier because I literally came in just take it and run with it. You just did what they did. You know, yeah. it's it, obviously we have a lot of new people starting with us right now, a lot of new reps that have been with us for, say, six months or less. I think you're a really good example of, um, as, a, as a manager, and I don't know if you felt the same way, Ty, when you were managing at an office as a DM, but when you have reps that clearly have a strong work ethic that are putting in the effort and are just good energy and happy and like excited and enthusiastic about the job you just are drawn to want to help them yeah. you know and yes. i think um Amadou is a really good example of someone who came into the team didn't really know you know a lot when he first started but every manager was so impressed and just no. he's so likable right and no. it's like everyone just wanted no. to help him yes. so people are just like Hey man, like what's going on? Like how can yes. I help you today? How can I help you today? And yeah. and it's a lesson for everyone that's starting with us to just have, be be happy, be have a good attitude, like be positive, yeah. you know, ask a ton of questions. Oh. Like we say that all the time. Like if guys aren't trying hard, then yes. their their DMs just naturally like won't give. It's almost like they'll give you the same energy back that they're that you're giving them. Yeah. You, know? so, you always have time for people that put time into the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And and a good piece of advice for any new one start anyone starting is your DMs will generally give you the same amount of energy you're giving yeah. to them. Yeah, right? it's 50-50. You gotta meet them halfway. Mm-hmm. They will help you. Right. So. What um you know, obviously recently we just had Martin Luther King Day in this past summer, uh, you know, the BLM movement obviously mm-hmm. was really strong. Mm-hmm. What role has race played in your life at the company? So my role become, I wanna show other people that it's not about where you come from, it's about where you going. So I'm trying to bring in more people like me, you know, coming from Africa, didn't have a penny. <laughs> and you can grow in a company and I'm <clears throat> proof of it. I came in, didn't know anything, and leaders showed me the way and I got promoted. And we, I've heard a lot of negative things like people that live below the line <laughs> telling, oh yeah, you can get promoted, you can go on the top or you know, try to stop those processes because 
It's not about where you come from. It's not about what, what you look like. And I've become a big promoter for that. Do you feel like that's something the company does a good job with? And then, so two parts. That also, what do you feel like just as a company we could do better at? So I think the company is really doing well because we are really, we have a lot of people with different walks of life and leadership. And pretty much the company is really doing well. I, I don't have anything to add on that part because I, I'm really excited about the company because we are growing and we will be growing more to different market as well, which I'm looking forward to it because I want to grow to, to different roles as well. So you feel as, a, as an African-American, you feel like the company creates an environment where you have every opportunity to succeed just as much as anyone else? Or? Yes, yes, 100% with the competition and leadership. Like when I came in, it was a lot of people like Keith Dotson and GB mm-hmm. was the directors. So it, it, it is something that is really great. Um, seeing different colors in leadership, like Don Gomez, which is one of my favorite guys. <laughs> this guy, so his paycheck and yeah. he's making so much money and he's not from here, you know? Yeah. So those are a big motivation for me, seeing people with different background didn't come to the country with English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, making life-changing money and leading people. Um, well, your success inspires other people. I mean, your success inspires people that don't come from the states and that don't come from your, you know, your middle class or you know upper class neighborhoods or you know what I mean. It's like you're breaking barriers yes. and you're you're paving roads for people, right? Yes. And, yes. Um, I mean, I know in your team there's several people from yeah. Africa well, and different walks of life on the team, and it's like. They see what you're doing, and you, it's you show them what's possible. Yes. So is that how important is that to you? Very important to me, and because when I'm, I'm recruiting this guy, um, I'm mentoring them as well. Hey, you are here now. You can go all the way on the top. Sky's the limit, because. And this is a company where it's possible. Yeah, this is the company is possible. This is the company you better all in yourself. Where do you get most of your recruits? You said you're you're trying to help people that have, have a similar background to you have success. Yes. So where, where have you focused your recruiting efforts and where have you had success? So I recruit on social media and I've talked to people that I previously worked with before. Like Adam show us his technique that you can follow up with lot of your friends and family members to see what they need. Maybe you can recruit them because anyone I meet, I will talk to them, see what they're doing right now. If they're interested in life-changing opportunity, that's what I'm doing right now. They say is life-changing opportunity. Can you show me a proof is a life-changing opportunity? I'll show them my paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the easiest way to do it. Right? Yeah, yeah, show them my paycheck, yo. They say, where do I sign? 
And that's really cool because... Where do I sign? Yeah, yeah I where just, do I sign? Yeah. I try to think about like maybe what your fears would have been, you know, 10 years ago versus what your mind is now. What are, what are some of your goals? What are you trying to create in the next 10 years? In the next 10 years, I would like to make as much money possible and have a lot of recruit that change their life as well and pretty much be able to coach a team because... I didn't make it to the NBA. I wish I, I can coach a team, maybe mm-hmm. in minor league, or that's why John John Maxwell program, which is a coaching mentoring program that literally can teach maybe in the future, become a coach for maybe basketball. Mm-hmm. That's cool. How's, uh, so with um, your family now, you have, your wife, and then what do you have for kids? I have a five years old. Oh, you have five year old. Yeah, that's awesome. What a yeah. different life for your five year old, right? Yeah, so he has autism, and pretty much he's really improving every day. Is he high functioning or? Yeah, he's high, high functioning, functioning now, and thank to Vivian that I was able to afford a private school for him, which wow. is really helps a lot. And he's growing now, he's speaking. Before he couldn't even speak, he couldn't do eye contact, and mm. he has improved a lot. And pretty much he's like, I go through a lot of those because my wife has a major depression disorder as well. And he's like, I need to step up the game. <laughs> so Amadou, you have, you came to this country Mm-hmm. Your cousin didn't pick you up. You spent the night in November on a park bench, not being able to communicate with anybody. A yes. taxi driver hooks you up with another family from your country. Yes. You get a job delivering pizzas. Yes. You meet a wife outside the pizza place. Smoking hot babe at the at the Mr. Bowley's. What's yeah. it called? Yes. The pizza Bowley's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, as you do. You, as you do. <laughs> as you do, yeah. You win a competition at Trinity, walk away. Hold on. Proposes with a heart-shaped pizza. That's right. Yeah. You 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 come into Vivint Solar, you become promoted. Yes. You now have a five-year-old that goes to a private school. Yep. Yeah. Right? And and you're you're how do you manage all and you just said, okay, your wife has medical things that she struggles with, your son has medical needs. Yeah. You have a lot riding on you. And yes. I, I love the fact that, you know, your idea doesn't matter where you came from. It matters where you're going. Yes. Because a lot of people, I think, would look at your background and look at all that you have on your plate and be like, oh, well, he can't work as much because he has all these responsibilities. Or he can't perform at the top because he doesn't come from the same background or whatever. Yes. But how do you... How do you think about it? How do you find time to manage your responsibilities at home mm-hmm. and then still succeed? Because you're a leader in yes. the top company in the country doing this. What's your mindset there? So my mindset is that um, I don't have no choice. I have to do this because that's why I joined John Maxwell program because... John, Mac- John Maxwell like the, the leadership guy, right? Yeah, the leadership guy. So he has this program that... He literally help you do a personal development program. That like a coach, would, you have a coach. Yeah, so you have a coach and it will walk you through the process. You can really lead yourself effectively. And that's been really helpful. That's been really helpful. So pretty much my days is like, if I work eight hours, 
I spent two hours looking for potential recruits, two hours spending with any exercise that I have to do with my wife and son, and pretty much Sundays are our days off that I don't do any work. I'm 100% oh. focused on them, and pretty much I work Monday to Saturday, so that was really clear to them. And my wife, she's very supportive on my job, and one of her quotes that I love, she said, go hard or go home. <laughs> so, she, and I showed to her that I didn't come to America to play. I have to work, make um, money, and be able to live um, financially free. What's the gochi mean? Dagochi mean knock doors. <laughs> so Your DMs say that you say that whenever it's like people aren't sure what to do, then he yeah. just says dagochi. Yeah, he says it differently than you. Yeah, you a little bit. I'm, well, I, I, you know, I say it like, you know, I do. What does it mean? What, what is that? What language is that? And what is so it it's Bambara. Bambara. Yeah, so that's a Mali official language. Oh, it is? Yeah, so it doesn't matter what your tribe is, everybody speak that language. So you'd speak that as like a base so you can communicate and then there's other tribal dialects. Yes. Is that one of your mantras? Like if you're like when you're out every day or like a rep's not sure, it's like you're just like, go knock another door, man. Yeah, Dagoshi. What does that actually mean? What does it translate to? It translates to go knock doors. Oh, it actually means knock doors. Yeah, he's an action, <laughs> go knock doors. <laughs> there you go. I like it. We need to make a hat with I that. Know, that's, there, that's, you know. that's really so, good. That's sweet. It needs what to a, be like a team thing on your wall and stuff. What, um, what, uh, what keeps you motivated right now to, and what are you kind of working toward? Like what's a big picture goal that you're working toward right now? So the bigger goal that I have right now, I want to win the revolution, which is next one coming. Cause when I came to DC North, I wanna really make an impact. I wanna win all <laughs> competition as much as I can. Cause I didn't have a chance to play in the NBA. So me playing with Vivian right now is like, he's a dream coming true right now because my dream was to play in the NBA. Now I'm playing different right now. So with that mindset, um, that's why, that's my bigger goal, win every competition. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and it, anybody we go through, we just beat everybody. <laughs> I think that's awesome because there's not many jobs that you can put your heart into 100%. There's not many jobs that like your performance day-to-day -day matters. So it's just like sports, right? Where it's yes. like if you don't try hard, you don't get the results. It's not like the kind of job where you kind of didn't do much for six months and the company did well or didn't. Like yeah. your actions every single day matter, especially yeah. as a leader. Because yes. if you stop, like if you stop, like take your foot off the gas, yeah. the team slows. You know what I mean? So I think I think it does. Like for people that are really competitive or care about performance, yeah, it's such a great arena because you don't get that in other jobs. No, you don't get that. And that's one of the things that I love about it is like every day bring his own challenge. You know, that's really interesting. Like every day is not the same. Mm. <laughs> so that's the thing that really attract more people into this because if a job is really easy, it's like you get bored, you're not growing. Mm -hmm. So every day I feel challenged and I'm, I'm motivated out of team to really get out there and get challenged. That's how you see growth. 
You said that you, um, you know, you didn't come to America to play, like you came here to seize the opportunity. Yes. What would you, what advice would you give to leaders Mm -hmm. that maybe don't have the same perspective that you have, that maybe they grew up here or, you know, they've had a, they've had maybe an easier background that Mm -hmm. aren't taking full advantage of the opportunity right now? What would you tell them? So I would tell them to think about what is their why and why they're waking up every morning. They gotta dig deeper, find out what's really get you out of the bed. If it's money, you are in trouble. (laughs) What's the what's the difference? And maybe this is kind of what you're getting at too. Is um, have you ever seen the play Hamilton? Play Hamilton, yes. Hamilton. There's a line in that play that says immigrants, they get the job done. And um, it's like a mindset. And they talk about this immigrant mindset, mindset. which they tend to just not take things for granted because of the circumstances they've come from. from, And I think that's kind of maybe what I was taking from your question too, is like, what's the difference in your mindset with this opportunity versus someone who maybe grew up in the States and just they just kind of ended up working with us for whatever reason and through mm-hmm. a friend or whatever and just they haven't had this same experience that like your perspective from your experience, how is that your approach to this job, how does it differ from some of the maybe people that maybe you work with or you see in the region or on the East Coast? So pretty much it could be maybe um, foreign people think that way that that job can literally be taken from them any day. So they really want to make the most out of it before mm. it's taken away. Because I have that mindset every day. That's why I don't take anything for granted. So, and pretty much, it's a tough question, but, <laughs> you know, I have a lot of guys, they just don't have that drive to go for what they want. And in childhood growing up, like we have dads and mom, they always tell us, hey, you need to go after what you want. And who do you want to be? What you want to do when you grow up? Mm-hmm. What is the impact you're going to do when you, you become a parent? Or what is your calling? So you, yeah. you have to dig deeper to find out what is really your calling you or what do you really want to do? Because my belief is that um, I really want to make an impact in case that um, anything happened to me. I want to be able to, people to remember me like, hey, this guy, at least he told me, have a good day. Or he motivated me or did you really make an impact on my day. Well, you, um, do you know who Colin Cowherd is? He's a yeah. sports talk sports radio author, guy. Yeah. So I heard him talking once. He has a he had a daughter that was playing high school basketball, and she was talking to him about trying to get a scholarship and whatever else. And he said he was he was talking about how he said, you know, my kid comes from this upper class upbringing, and she's competing against girls who basketball is a way out of their circumstances like it's a way out of the cycle that they're in and he said you know i'm not going to tell my daughter this but he's like it's really difficult to replicate the drive and the chip on their shoulder that someone who is playing literally for their lives to get out of a circumstance versus 
just an upper class kid who just has everything given to them and like has all the latest sneakers and everything else. Like the drive is just not the same. And it's something that you can't really teach. It's just, it's the way they grew up, right? And I feel that with you where it's like you're approaching this job as like this avenue to break a cycle or to like it's your, you know, this is your path from Mali to America to this life that you've dreamed of or that your parents have dreamed of for you. And like, it's like you have this thing that you can't really like learn anywhere or like replicate anywhere, you know? So it's unique and I'm living a dream home financially making enough money to take care of my family and helping other people do the same. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. That's great. No. Well, man, what advice would you have for any of our new people that are just starting right now? So all the new people, they just started, um, advise them to go all in and their life is, could be a really different place next year. And pretty much you got to go all in. You got to work for it. And there's so much opportunity there. <laughs> go crush it. That's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a huge influence on your team down there in DC North and the whole Legion region and uh, the whole East Coast. I mean, we have a couple other people here that we've interviewed today for the podcast, and they all have heard your name and excited to meet you. And um, you're making a huge impact. Thank you. So for, it's been awesome, man. Yeah, thank you for everything you do for our region as well. You are really great and amazing leaders. Um, I'm very excited to be here. Cool. Amadou Cohn, appreciate you being on today, man. Thank you. And that's another episode of Electric People. If you've liked what you've heard and are interested in joining our teams, check us out at viventsolar.com forward slash careers. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and subscribe. Leave us a great review and leave us a five-star rating. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.